0: WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Nyker.
1: And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas.
0: And this is episode 25. Happy 25th uh, podcast birthday episode, Freddie.
1: Happy 25th episode, birthday, Katherine. This is our, what's, what's, whatever. This is our class. We're in classic territory now.
0: Yeah, we're in classic territory now. What did you do for your 25th birthday?
1: What did I do for my 25th birthday? Man, I that's don't know. how old we are. You're just I know I'm I 36 know. now. So I'm like 11 years ago. Oh my God. Who knows? Nah, what did you do? Um, I'm just going to guess that I used to do a lot of dumb stuff for my birthday. So like, maybe like one time I had a, a hat birthday and I just got everyone to come <laughs> to a bar and bring a dumb hat. And it was just like, a. Yeah, it was like, I always did shit like that. Or maybe I played like soccer, baseball. Like most of my birthdays were that for a long time. Like I would just think of dumb things to do. One time I had a Michael Jackson dance party.
0: Oh, that's fun.
1: Mm -hmm. That one's kind of cool. Well, but a lot of them are like, come bring a hat.
0: But you've just been a proper nerd throughout your whole life.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I've been, um, yeah, uh, like, you know, a calculator exchange one time. Uh huh. Um, but I just tried to think of a generic nerdy thing, but uh, calculator I think, exchange. I think my He's, actual. I was. I don't
0: look at me. I was just like, uh huh, yeah. You exchange. I know that. I know. I was I expecting
1: you. That's the one you didn't comment on. You're like, oh, cool. <laughs> I
0: was like, no, I see it. I see it for you.
1: You're like, I like that.
0: Um, I'm pretty sure for my 25th birthday, I went clubbing. Because I went clubbing all the time back then. Clubbing.
1: And, uh, Wow. Yeah. Like, I, what, and, what do you what, what, like what does that even look like what did you do
0: what do you mean what does that look like
1: like are you getting like <laughs> bottle service are you going to like several different clubs or just no one no that-
0: no you stick with the one club okay. it's you don't really club hop because it's expensive and the lines are long uh but there was this club called circa it's now a marshall's
1: that's pretty great
0: (laughs) on john street but there it was this club called circa short-lived but really fun club uh it was like they had like weird like fun like mannequin things and like statues you could take pictures of pretty like you know like you know how like a lot of places now will like have things set up for like your instagram photos or tiktok or whatever it was kind of doing that before that was like fully happening and okay. uh, i think that one was a lot of house music um which I'm, is not my my favorite favorite but it was just like that was just the place to go and sure. uh you know it was a fun time i i don't think i did bottle service that night though but i have done bottle service many nights
1: i like it okay so for anyone yeah. just uh tuning into the podcast for the first time Catherine's really cool and i'm a straight up loser
0: Uh, but i was like i was probably the nerdiest one at the club if that makes sense but i was still like there i don't know if i've ever belonged (laughs) that's what
1: i'm getting. yeah i like wouldn't if i tried to go to a (laughs) club they'd be like sir you're no you know you're not allowed in here
0: i mean i was like you know like i have curly hair and i sometimes straightened it sometimes i didn't you know I'm trying to remember though, for my 25th, cause some of the birthdays blur together. I think if I recall correctly, I think I did flat iron my hair. And not only that, I'm pretty sure my brother got me a limo. Wow. And, and then, and I'm sure like everybody pitched in for it. Like, I don't think it was like just him buying it, but when you live in the suburbs, cause like I was in Mississauga at the time, mm-hmm when you live in the suburbs it's almost better to have a limo to go to the club because a you don't have any designated drivers and then if you have enough people in it and you split the cost that's like way cheaper than trying to get a cab home later
1: so so, so it's
0: actually economical to have a limo <laughs> wow
1: so mississauga transit just just out it's yeah not it awesome. doesn't
0: it doesn't run all night long oh, okay. mississauga transit you can't no you can't transit
1: home so we talking like you hitting the clubs in streetsville or what
0: there are no clubs in streetsville
1: okay Good unless you know.
0: that's changed
1: uh, i'm sure i'm sure there's a lot of clubs there There now. used
0: to be like one or two clubs near square one shopping mall in okay. mississauga and that but that was for like um when there was like a blizzard And you couldn't get downtown, then you would go to the Mississauga club. There was one called like, um, oh, God, I don't remember, like Sugar Daddies or something. I never went to it, though. But a lot of people did. And then there was another Mississauga club called My Apartment, which was fully in a strip mall.
1: That's kind of a cool name for a club, though, my apartment.
0: Yeah, Um, that was my apartment was pretty was pretty cool
1: pick up wmba pod if you come yeah, this for the, is a WNBA you come for the podcast but we
0: just thought i just thought you know it's our 25th episode mm-hmm. we should reminisce a little get a little Damn nostalgic right.
1: yeah
0: right um okay well i i think i think our listeners will uh will enjoy that um shout out to everyone listening thanks for
1: <laughs> the th- thanks for listening thanks for hanging in there if you have any mississauga clubs we didn't mention uh yeah honestly if there's message.
0: anyone listening who's been to a mississauga club i mean it's been a while since i've done all of that but i was very big into that scene for a bit there um okay let's let's get into this there's actually been in. a ton of wmba news this week uh we're going to talk about neke gumike and the WNBA players union and the statement she released through them via travel mm-hmm. we're also going to talk about britney griner and uh, the latest there, as well as looking into or looking forward towards the uh, WNBA playoff picture and what the standings look like right Mm now. Uh, So let's start off with with Agumi Agumike and what happened with the Sparks. So essentially what happened was uh, their flight out of Virginia, which would have been um, their game uh, against the Washington Mystics, the Dulles International Airport mm-hmm. their flight got canceled and there were not enough hotel rooms to house the team and half the team ended up spending the night in the airport um a lot of logistical confusion around this mm-hmm. um you know if you've been paying attention to the news you know that a lot of north american airlines right now are just complete chaos um all summer long it's just been havoc to travel right now um so there's that side of it there's also the you know the covid side of this right like you know the odds of getting covid in like an airport or on an airplane are definitely higher than a lot of other places uh and then i don't know what happened with the hotels why there weren't enough hotel rooms why only half the team got hotel rooms and the other half didn't. Those are logistics I don't um, have the answers to based on the research we did. But, right. you know, uh, Neko Gumike, who is the head of the Players Union, spoke out about this and was just like, enough's enough. Like, we need private air travel. Um, and she basically talked about how a lot has changed since they negotiated their last CBA um, including the whole pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the last CBA was negotiated before the pandemic, and um, you know these these challenges are unique to our times, and and it's getting to be too much. Um, Freddie, I, I I've spoken a lot here, but what do you think of all this?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think you covered it really well, and you know I think Neca spoke really well here and we've covered it on the podcast before this has been an ongoing issue you know sort of the, this league sits in the middle of you know these two realities one it, it's a growing league uh you know people w- want to get into it they want to be a part of it uh, and then also on on the other end of it uh the league is nervous about you know this idea of uh, you know uh like I guess, fairness and, you know, competitive balance and the league sort of being, I guess, for lack of a, you know, not a cliche saying like, like only as strong as it, as its weakest link sort of thing. But, um, you know, from whether it's like, you know, league pass or, uh, you know, merchandise that people can't uh, get and swag they can't get, uh, or private travel, uh, which was an issue with, uh, uh, with Joe size, uh, you know, uh, other Liberty. team. Yeah. A lot of people know that Joe Sy uh, owns the Brooklyn nets, but, um, yeah, he also owns the Liberty and, uh, he gave them or paid for, um, you know, private jets last year, which was, uh, you know, I guess a competitive competitive advantage, but against, sort of, the it's against, against the, the rules, against the rules. Right. Yeah. Like, And that to me, you know, I, I think she's, I, I, I basically, you know, like the, the short end of what I'm saying is I I totally agree with her. And I actually think she's, you know, venting in a way that's very, um, like solution oriented like, or what's the word I'm looking for? Oriented, oriented. I was going to say orientated. I'm like, I'm like, that's too many syllables. Um, (laughs) but you know, she's sort of saying like, Hey, uh. Uh, American, Delta, uh, JetBlue, Southwest, United, NetJets, Wheels Up, uh, JetSuiteX. We encourage you to meet us at the table and partner with WNBA players to help eliminate uh, the toughest opponent they face each season, travel. Uh, And, you know, we, we, we really expect a lot from these athletes. Their regular season has expanded. And, you know, going back to, you know, I was alluding to, we've talked about this before, and... You know, me and you have sort of talked about how the league is, you know, courting these wealthier owners, uh, the owner of the Aces, the owner of the Liberty, and they're not letting them sort of splash their money on the table. So we, you know, they they can't just say, well, you know, for lack of a better example, but like let's say like that the fever doesn't have an ownership group that's willing to pay for uh, private flights. So we can't do it. Or, you know, we, we have to renegotiate in 2027, you know, to your point, yeah, pandemics happened. They need to adjust. And I think that NECA saying this, you know, it's, you can't just say, you know, if you're Engelbert, like, okay, well, we'll have private flights during the playoffs, you know, and obviously, you know, like a lot of the issues in the WNBA, there's this massive sort of hypocrisy when it comes to, uh, male sports. And, you know, women have to fly uh, with these, you know, chartered flights. And, you know, it's not it's not okay because, yeah, these are athletes and we want them to perform at the highest possible level. They need to be able to get places fast. Um, And, yeah, it's, it's definitely an issue the league has to sort out before the bargaining agreement, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I think it will. I think there's been a lot of press about it over the last year. The players are bringing more and more attention to it. And, and I do think it will end up being addressed because I think the idea here is to put some heat on the league to mm-hmm. uh, to, to do something about it. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know how much money it costs yes. to have me, me all too, of this. Fair private travel versus what the team's profit, right? Like if you look at a team like the Indiana Fever, they've won uh, literally five games this season. They might win a sixth game before the season ends. Does that team earn enough money? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying they do or don't. I'm not, you know, and certainly do they deserve the private travel? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm just saying, like, I think there's logistical things here that mm-hmm. are real
1: yeah. and,
0: and it's just, it's tough because there is such a massive wealth disparity amongst the owners, which I think is a unique issue to the WNBA. I don't know if other leagues have such a wealth um, disparity amongst their owners, right? The way the WNBA does, and, and people don't really talk money. So it's harder to understand the issue on that level because, I mean, NECA is basically saying like, it's, you know, uh, competitive advantage is a tired argument. And and I don't disagree with her, but I just feel like there's more to this that we, the public have knowledge on.
1: I, I think that's a really, really good point. And I feel like that's where, you know, I mean, I'll just speak for myself. Like as someone who, you know, is new to the league and sort of is on the outside just by nature of, you know, being a fan and a podcaster, there's there's limits to what I know and, you know, can read about. And I sort of lean towards being on the player's side. Like another part of this article was um, uh, Natasha Cloud, who got COVID uh, on her first road game. She tweeted out earlier in the year, Uh, shout out to the WNBA for flying us commercial during a pandemic uh, in brackets and no mask mandates go mystics so that that was sort of her being like what is this like you're putting me in danger and then also like my career in danger and you're you know that's a a prominent player like you're you're putting us at risk like what's what's the what's the plan here and yeah I mean it's it's interesting because I think as someone who follows other leagues, like I'm, I'm a fan of um, the MLS, the, you know, Toronto FC. Uh, and I think that they every league has different rules, you know, major league baseball, there's no salary cap. So you have some teams that like wildly outspend the others, you know, and that's been successful for those teams. And then you have, you know, like the, like the NHL is very similar to the WNBA where there's a hard cap, which means, Yeah. You cannot outspend other teams. It's a competitive, uh, you know, it's a, it's a competitive fairness thing. And uh, I've said it on the pod before, but I'll just sort of reiterate, I I think the WNBA, you know, from a growth perspective needs to seriously think about um, not about not being a hard cap league. And of course that will create several different full powerhouses.
0: I don't think you've said that on this pod before.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I I think I'm saying it now because I feel like
0: (laughs) you're definitely saying it now, but I don't remember this conversation before.
1: Well, I I just think the, the league is, you know, it goes in line with some of the things we've talked about where um, you know, you you know, I, I, I feel like I'm stealing one of your points where, you know, you're, have this frustration with them always promoting the WNBA over certain player personalities. And I think super teams have their, you know, I guess negative points, but I do think that the WNBA is in a part of its growth where you have to encourage these super wealthy people to, you know, give as much as they want to the league. So yeah, if you do that in the Liberty becomes this team that is just absolutely stacked. Brianna Stewart goes there and, you know, they're basically like an all-star team um, that will be rough for the, you know, for the Lynx and for the fever. I, I keep using them as an example. I might be wrong, but I do think that sort of will encourage those other, other, you know, franchises to, to kind of push themselves and have, you um, you know, bring in owners who can contend. Uh, I know I, I've referenced the NHL Yeah, but a the op- the
0: opposite can happen too, where they could just fold it.
1: That's true. Yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Why root for a team that has no chance of winning? And that's that's the that's the, the counter argument that I think is is true and valuable. But I mean, I don't see a solution. You know, I, I. Yeah, again, I'll just sort of reiterate. I don't think that waiting until the next bargaining agreement to fly non you know commercial is an option and I think there's more things like that max salaries yeah but
0: I think talking but I think we're like I don't know I feel like we're kind of blowing things up a little here like maybe more than it needs to be like for example like if the WNBA adopted a more tournament style schedule throughout the regular season there would be fewer flights
1: do you mean like less games or no, like, no. like,
0: let's say, so like, let's say you're the Chicago sky mm-hmm. and you play the Los Angeles sparks in Los Angeles, um, three times a season. I'm just throwing mm-hmm. this out here. Yeah. You would have those three games in a row.
1: That's you're not, go- you're not
0: going back and forth. So if they just did like, cause like baseball does that. Yeah.
1: That, that's right. Yeah. Right. No, so I- if you
0: just had a more tournament style schedule, you hmm. would significantly reduce the number of flights you have f- throughout the season. And then therefore you have more money that you hmm. could actually put into private planes.
1: I'm pretty into that idea. And I you think can, that's do really that, you can do idea. that
0: without blowing up the whole like ownership system. Like, I don't even know what to call that, but, or the cap, let's call it. Yeah. Sorry. The right. cap. You could do that without blowing up the cap.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think that's a really I think that's a really creative solution. Honestly, um, I guess sort of yeah, I, I go to this this idea of owners because I also feel like, you know, Brittany aside, it might be another solution to let's say the highest paid players being like, hey, I play for the Liberty, um, with a super wealthy owner, so I don't need to go play in Russia, Turkey, whatever in the off season. Like I have a big enough contract. I, ma- I make enough money. So like I you can keep me here. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah, but yeah, but there
0: I, are other mid-tier um players who wouldn't have that kind of option still.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely not a it's not a solution for you know the the mid-tier and but, but I mean yeah, I, I think um I don't know. I think your idea is a really creative solution, I think. Um, or at least partial solution. Um I, I definitely don't see any negative side effects other than. No, no, I don't really see any. I mean, like, you know, I'm uh, as someone who's followed the Lynx this year, you know, if you played like they're just getting the, they're just getting the FISA Collier back. Um, yeah. After having a, a child. So you would definitely, you know, potentially be at a disadvantage if, like, you know, you play, you're playing a good team and you had your star player was injured, sort of thing. But you know that's that the,
0: happens regardless.
1: That's right, yeah, you know you're right. It happened. That's the scheduling you know problem anyways. yeah i'm I'm honestly all for that. I feel like like well, that's one of my favorite baseball things. I, I think it's good for rivalries too.
0: yeah, I do too. Like as I was thinking that just when the pandemic was happening, um when it first started happening, sorry, mm-hmm. and what different sports leagues should do. i I think it's a system that just makes a lot of sense, frankly.
1: Yeah, it definitely cuts down on travel.
0: Yeah, why not? Because as a fan, it doesn't affect the fan experience.
1: Honestly, I'm going to say it. How often
0: the teams travel.
1: Catherine for commissioner. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) The new Kathy.
1: The new Kathy. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) You're like, shit, I don't want to be a Kathy.
0: All right. Well, I mean, that was an interesting conversation. And I think, Freddie, like, I think debating, like, the cap and- the ownership structure is definitely like a really fun deep dive that we could do, um, at some point in the off season. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting topic to me. Totally. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about Brittany Griner. Um, last week, um, the sentencing happened, Mm -hmm. um, nine years, pretty, you know, anyone who listens to this saw that, uh, definitely heartbreaking, definitely, um, a necessary, what I believe is a necessary step towards the yep. prisoner swap negotiations. I think there had to be an actual sentencing for that to happen. Um, but nine years is really harsh. Um, Freddie, you sent me a really good article from CNN, and there was a video attached to that. And they interviewed uh, Brittany's lawyer in Russia. And she said that even people in Russia are, are surprised by such such a harsh uh, sentence so yeah. you know it's pretty obvious across the board here like what exactly is uh, what's happening and um, yeah it's just it's just sad that this has become such a uh, a regular segment on this podcast and um, you, you know we keep hoping that there's forward momentum towards getting her home we know negotiations are actually, happening and and underway i think these negotiations are probably really difficult maybe even a little hostile at times mm-hmm. um the social media uh is going to have zero effect on on russia and their government and what their decision is and it's just it's really wild
1: yeah you know you you, you spoke well and i think we have been covering this a long time on the podcast and things have sort of gone, you know, chalk to a certain degree, uh, you know, after we understood the, I guess, the, the idea of, you know, what needed to happen here as far as the, the figurative steps. And we are, I would say, at this, you know, s- sort of this pinnacle final step, which is the prisoner exchange. And, um, you know, however that goes is going to be however that goes. We'll see um, how diplomacy plays out, hopefully it's, you know, expedited and it's something that happens fast. And I think the the very basic, uh, feeling I have right now is, you know, free Brittany and Brittany needs to be home. And it's, it's an awful thing. Um, the thing I wanted to talk about, uh, just because I think now we're in this world of sort of, um, Kind of understanding the the process a little bit more from the from the Russian perspective, or the you know the geopolitical thing, and what's frustrating to me is just how much backlash I am seeing online um, and in print media. Um, I saw I read a Rosie Dimano article of the Toronto Star. It was horrible. Um, she she immediately assumed Brittany's guilt the oh. article starts with her saying girl comma what were you thinking and it's it's horrible like she did she's for lack of a better word like talking out of her ass and it's 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 just it's nasty to me that there's kind of all this hate for someone um who's in an awful situation plus the assumption of guilt really really frustrates me uh and I think we're kind of seeing, you know, Trump has spoken on it. We're sort of seeing this conservative engine. What did Trump
0: say on it?
1: I I I honestly didn't even want to fully read, but like he was, he's been, you know, sort of attached to this idea that like siding with Russia and assuming Britney is guilty and kind of playing against biden as like you know you shouldn't be working on the release of of britney so i think we're seeing quite a bit of that energy where people are like
0: that man truly terrifies me honestly
1: yeah no and and i think i think people are sort of being played and and that's what frustrates me about that or that's sort of where i'm coming from i'm just really seeing like 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 a really intense lack of empathy and understanding to what this situation is um, and you know, it's awful, but like, I have to say like some, you know, pretty like thinly veiled racism, right? Like you're seeing lots of the same people who are kind of, uh, you know, pro Ukraine being like, yeah, like Russia's the bad guy there. But in this situation, of course not. Brittany deserves it. And that's, that's, that's been the tone of what a, a lot of what I've read. Um, And it makes me think that Russia's kind of winning the PR game here. So I do think that, yeah, diplomacy is going to happen behind closed doors, but where people can be active and aggressive on social media and that sort of thing, you know, if you want to get into it, you know, if you see someone sort of spouting these kind of regular talking points that are like tough luck kind of energy, you know, I think you can, you can challenge those people with facts and you can, challenge the narrative um you know you
0: um you think that works
1: uh i mean as much as any online discourse works you know which I it think, doesn't yeah right like Sorry, I, I don't think,
0: mean to be so pessimistic but no. i'm you know
1: i mean i think there's there's a truth to that i think you know what's you know the like it's it's hard to buck what's trending um but you know i think for people who want to vent yeah, I th- I'd say, like, go for it. You know, it's 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 I good think to
0: when when you try to discourse with people like that, it pushes them further than the other direction.
1: It's true. Yeah. And like changing people's minds is always difficult. I, I think I always just stop short of saying it's completely useless because I feel like like unchecked and unfiltered propaganda mm-hmm. does need to be challenged.
0: Yeah, for sure. so
1: that's sort of where. I think there is a use to it, but I do think, yeah, you argue with some dude on Facebook, like what's really the, what, you know, you are probably just going to get, you're going to piss yourself off more likely than not. But yeah. Anyways, that's sort of like, that's like my rant. Cause I feel like we're very much in the same place. Like we know this process with Brittany, we know where it's hopefully going to end up and we, you know, don't assume guilt and, you know, n- you know hope that you know she's she's yeah she's missed the entire season
0: but, but even and, if like yeah i feel like at this point even if you were to assume guilt how could you possibly think she deserves nine years in prison for what she's even being accused of like yeah I, like that's the part that really really doesn't make sense to me like i know um like you were saying, like the fact that people assume guilt really bothers you. It definitely bothers me too. But the fact that people are doing this, like blaming the victim thing, like mm-hmm. acting like, like, just like you said, how that woman wrote that article, like, girl, what were you thinking? It's like, why is that your, why is that your main sticking point here? You know what I mean? Like people, totally. make, people make mistakes, mm-hmm. right? And if she is guilty, then this was clearly a mistake and a small one at that. It certainly doesn't deserve nine years in prison. So I think that's the part that really gets to me is that like, why do you think she deserves this? That's the part that I think bothers me the most is that people think she actually deserves this.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and, and I think also where you're seeing this sort of, I guess like alt-right kind of conservative stuff come up is now in the same line. The same lines where you're, you're hearing Britney discuss uh, also being thrown in is that Britney's un-American and doesn't support um, like the anthem or has spoken up against it and is pro-Black Lives Matter. So these types of things are being looped in. Like, Britney's a part Sorry, so
0: just to get more specific here, she protested during the anthem, during the WNBA bubble in 2020.
1: That's right. And so there's some people who are saying, like, oh, you, you know, you did that. You deserve to be in a Russian prison. So they're like, it's sort of- this." But those
0: people, but, like, Freddie, like, those people are going to be fucked no matter what. Like, those people are never going to be on Britney's side no matter what she does or doesn't do. Like, those people, like, I, I, you know what I mean? I, I just- I don't know. I don't know the argument for engaging with them. They're already like so far off the deep end. They don't even care. They don't care about women's sports, they don't care about Britney. They probably mm-hmm. don't care about any woman of color like, right. in any circumstance. Like I just you know what I mean? I'm sorry. I don't mean to like no, I know it on your point or anything, but it's I know, just I know, I know like, what you're saying. Yeah. Th- these aren't people that are going to turn around, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree that those people aren't going to turn around but i feel like where maybe we disagree is that i don't see the futility in not um you know meeting them on the battlefield in terms of like i don't i don't think for instance president biden and his people uh should like i i don't think we should let those people drown out the people who want britney home right and i think that that's what they're trying to do okay i think they're trying to say like you know hey it's actually not a good political move for you to advocate for britney's freedom she's un-american and it's like for me i'm like well you you got to get in those people's faces because they're they're trying to flip the narrative here they're trying to you know i guess you know do putin's dirty work for lack of a better word right so yeah but i i do agree changing their individual opinion is probably i don't know not gonna produce results but i think uh yeah, I just I want the narrative to be that Bernie deserves to be home. You know, I know you do as well, but like,
0: of course, yeah. I think you know I probably am more defeatist than you are. Like, I'll own that. Like, I, I, I just am like, <laughs> but not just about Bernie, but just about like the world too. Like, I am getting tired and I am getting defeatist, which I don't think is a good thing. But um, hey, that's
1: why we pod together. You know, that's why
0: we pod Listen. together. But that is just how, but that is how I feel. Like I am, I'm getting um, exhausted. I'm very aware of how outnumbered I am as a progressive in this world and it's scary times. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a really great moment in this article, um, the CNN opinion piece that you sent me uh, written by someone named Gene Seymour. Uh, They wrote in this, I'm gonna read just a little snippet of it. Uh, At this point, only one assertion really matters. Griner, whether you agree with her or not, is an American citizen. She is one of us, a child raised among us, growing into a person with her own beliefs, profession, marriage, and life. She deserves consideration as such from from every other citizen, whatever their beliefs. What she doesn't deserve is to be made upon in a foreign country's geopolitical agenda, or for that matter, anybody's surrogate. For a social, political grievance or private prejudice, um, I yeah. just thought that was extremely well said. And that is uh, well said. I couldn't agree more with that.
1: And that last little part, I think, yeah, it says kind of more concisely you know, what I was trying to say. Like, there is this movement to be like, yeah, I'm you know, like, she doesn't deserve to be a surrogate for you know someone's you know prejudice. So I think you know it needs defending in that sense.
0: Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Um, okay. Let's, let's move on to, uh, a lighter topic here and let's talk about the WNBA. Let's look at the playoff standing so far. Uh, the regular season ends on August 14th. It's coming up. Uh, we're recording this on the 10th. So there's a few, uh, regular season games Mm -hmm. left and both the seventh and eighth seed, in the playoffs are completely up for grabs. And there's one, two, three, four, five teams uh, that can easily snap these last two spots. Um, The Mercury are currently, as we're recording this in seventh, the Dream are eighth, followed by the Lynx, Liberty, and Sparks. Um, There's only a game separating all five of these teams. Um Diana Taurasi is out for the rest of the regular season with a with a quad strain. Yep. And uh yeah, this playoff picture is seriously gonna shake up Freddie.
1: Uh it is, and I feel like I gotta come in um with with my classic optimism. But uh I've been I've been hanging on to the links all year and <laughs> they are in it. They still have a chance. <laughs> As, as as of our recording, you know, this is going to come out on the 11th. Huge game tonight. There's a Mercury versus Lynx game.
0: Yeah, So, major. you know, the
1: Lynx can win that game and basically swap out uh, or be, you know, tied with the Mercury. Uh, they just got back, Nafisa Kalyay, as we were talking about, um, uh, coming back only three months after uh, uh, delivering a baby. And, um i don't know i you know the links are yeah they're uh 13 and 20 tied with uh the liberty and they're they're still in it so that's that's definitely what i'm rooting for i think i I think the links the three games they have left uh are against the mercury uh i think the sky and then also the storm which is kind of rough so
0: yeah it's a rough three to end on
1: um Yeah, it's exciting. I'm really glad there's a a more traditional playoffs this year and that there's not these one-offs. So like the, the eight and seven seed is like a, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun race to see who gets a shot to, you know, go at the sky or the aces or, or the sun, I guess, technically, because it is still tight at the top there.
0: Yeah. I, I will say as a, as a Mercury fan, um, it's been such a rough year obviously with all the grinder stuff but even with uh with tina charles leaving and you know they haven't had kia nurse all year and now diana taurasi going down i you know i i don't doubt their competitive spirit but i feel like there's got to be a little bit of like a maybe we should just kind of pack it in.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Like
0: I, you know, like I do you can't think blame like, them. Like no, I, and I do think like you know Skylar Diggins Smith is the kind of person that can't go off for like thirty points in a game. We've seen it so many times, but it's just like, oh, like is this is this what they want to do? Are they gonna Are they gonna be that team? Are they gonna just be like, you know what? It's been a nightmare season. I'm sick of press, con- I'm sick of doing these press conferences. Um, Skylar got kind of emotional during a, a press conference after uh Brittany Griner sentencing, just being like, everything about this is traumatic, this is traumatic, even you asking me about it is traumatic, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I, I think there is a part of them that is probably truly exhausted, and yeah, I wouldn't blame them one bit, but it's certainly, you know, a sad, it's certainly sad. I will, I will be happy with this team either way. I will say that whether they fight or whether they don't fight, I, I still feel like I'm with them because I completely understand it no matter what route they choose to take.
1: Yeah. Quite the year. You know, I, I think like a, a team can only endure so much. Um, I'll also say, you know, I think on the bottom end of this, like a, uh, this 7-8 race like the sparks have had a really rough year um and i think they're yeah if they pack it in i wouldn't be that surprised the I, the team that surprises me a little bit here cuz i feel like they've played good ball at certain points is, is the liberty like the fact yeah. that they're 13 and 20 it just it doesn't seem like their year like the record reflects the year they've had um and then also shout out to the dream and you know you got the number one overall pick you got you got ryan howard and you know she just broke the most amount of threes hit by a rookie uh and just the an absolute like just dominant rookie season i don't know if there's any question that she'll win rookie of the year and yeah. um you know it'd be cool to see her in in uh you know, in the playoffs in her first season. I mean, I, I will say I'm definitely rooting yeah, for Yeah, I agree. Links, I feel but...
0: like, yeah, I feel like the Atlanta Dream have been the surprise team of the season. And they've been like, even though they're sitting eight, they've been pretty like consistent as far as just like their overall growth goes. Mm-hmm. I do feel like they definitely deserve it. Yeah. And I, for their sake, hope that they get it. And, and then we'll see who else gets this other spot. I mean... You know, I've already talked about how I feel about the Mercury. It would be great to see Sabrina in the playoffs, you know? Like, I just think yeah. as, Killer season. as pure Killer entertainment season. value, uh, you know, it would make for um, a more exciting uh, first-round series, whether it's the Aces or the Sky. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Sparks are going to – they might have a final push in them. You know, but it's also just been a disaster year for them, too. And maybe they also <laughs> are a little exhausted. It's hard to tell. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen in these last few games. Uh, as far as our top six go, who have all uh, clinched a playoff spot, so that's mm-hmm. the Chicago Sky, the Aces, Connecticut Sun, Seattle Storm, Washington Mystics, and Dallas Wings. Who do you think is going to be like a, like a surprise uh, team in this? Cause we all know Chicago is they're looking pretty poised to repeat right now. The aces are like right there. So are the sun. And then I feel like there's this second tier with the storm, the mystics and the, and the wings. what, what do you think?
1: Yeah. So I have a, I feel like a couple, couple takes here. One is that, you know, the, the, the narrative for the storm is is huge. They have yes. a lot of like kind of narrative momentum. Um, yeah, and
0: Super just fin- uh she just played her last uh, regular season game in yeah. Seattle.
1: Shout out to the girl who gave her the flower. Uh Yeah. That was, that was awesome. Was um and really happy to see uh Deladon killing it for the Mystics that that's a fun year for them. Uh the Wings just being on fire is really fun. I kind of think that the wings will, you know, they'll have a tough time in the, in the playoffs and I'm going to go back to it. Oh uh,
0: yeah. Cause, um, Arike Agumba Wale is out.
1: Yeah. And they just, they strike me as the te- the type of team that is like, they've got it going, but the playoffs are different. And I, I think the team that I am most interested in, and I'm sort of going to stick with my early season prediction, uh, is I, I really feel like the sun have played the long game this year and they're they're they don't have the incredible record but i think they're ready for the playoffs mm-hmm. and they've put themselves in a position to um you know sort of you know be good when when it counts and who, um
0: who is going to ruin Sue Bird's documentary that's what we're asking Q. that
1: is what we're asking uh, that's
0: the shadiest way of me saying i don't think they're gonna win a championship
1: I think I mean it could be DelaDon. Uh, I think you know it could be the Sun. Um, why am I blanking out? Who is the, who is the player who was involved in in the altercation? Uh, and and she was brought in, um, to play for the Connecticut Sun, and and she's done absolutely like she's killed it this year. Um, oh God uh this is is bad podcasting sorry um Courtney Williams Mm -hmm. uh you know she she sort of like had that rough you know the the uh, Atlanta dream let her go and then she joined the sun and it's like this kind of like integral role here so I feel like
0: well from a narrative perspective it would have been great to see the sun and the dream against each other but I don't think um based on the standings we're gonna see that
1: yeah, I guess we could see it in the finals, maybe. But yeah, so I'm I'm going with the sun as as the the ruiners of, of uh, the the dock.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, I I'm inclined to agree with you, actually. Um, yeah, but we'll see. I mean, I want Sue Bird to have her flowers and to have her moment. Um, I kind of love how Hollywood she is.
1: Yeah she's awesome
0: that might be a hot take but i do enjoy how hollywood she is so i kind of do want her to have this hollywood ending uh or at least to get really far even if she doesn't win it all but we'll see we'll see i feel like it's kind of you know it's very (laughs) lakers in the bubble like they film that whole thing and i think they're gonna release a documentary like 10 years or like 20 years after um i guess he was gonna wait till someone else comes up and people are like, he's the greatest of all time. Then LeBron, it'll be like, I don't think so. And then, I don't think
1: so. Bubble I do work. So.
0: And then a 10 part Netflix documentary. And then people will be like, oh yeah, Jordan did the same thing. You know cycle what? Con- cycle continues.
1: Cycle continues. That's a good
0: take. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to our badass player of the week. Freddie, who you got?
1: Okay. uh, I'm going with uh, Marina Mabry um, of the uh, Dallas Wings. Um, You know, I always look for wins first uh, and, you know, five game winning streak. Uh, She's averaging just uh, under 20 points Um, and, uh, you know, nothing crazy otherwise like uh, three rebounds and, you know, five assists, which is pretty good, but a a steal and a block almost. So, She's killing it and and the wings are winning. And um, you know, uh yeah, so shout out to Marina.
0: Nice. I love it. Uh I'm going with Sabrina Inescu. Uh, she's the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Uh, in that week, she averaged 23 points, uh, six rebounds and five assists. I just think she's killing it so hard. Yeah. We, you know, in my eyes, you know, she is the next kind of generation stars in this league. I'm sure that's like what everybody thinks or assumes, uh, as we see a lot of these older players retiring or close to retiring, like she's absolutely this next wave generation. And and I just love her. And I want to see more of her. I don't know what's going on with the Liberty in terms of building around her. I feel like that pressure needs to be on them more and more, especially going into next season but for now i'm just so happy watching her i'm so happy with the kind of stats that she's putting up she's had a historic season and once again an eastern conference player of the week so shout out to sabrina
1: shout out sabrina getting it done
0: okay so now it is time for the return of freddie's fun question
1: yeah uh i think i got a good one um So uh yeah, my my question is uh, you know, the the awards are uh sort of what you would expect, MVP, defensive player of the year. Um, you know, you mean the awards themselves, not like yes, sorry. Um yeah, the awards themselves, like the categories are you know, yeah, defensive player of the year, executive of the year, coach of the year, six woman of the year sort of thing. Uh, and I don't know, I just got thinking like when I was looking at the awards, there's these kind of like other sub awards called peak player. Um, and it's sort of like the leader in points and assists and whatever. And that's a statistical element, but I'm curious, Catherine, what your, if you had to add an award, um, uh, I should also say there's like a community service award already. Um, but yeah, if you had to, uh, add an award, um, yeah. What would it be? And, and who would win it?
0: Okay. I actually, I, I have something in mind, but I want you to go first.
1: Okay. Uh, so mine is, um, I was going to try and do, yeah, something like more clever, but just for like a, just a silly fan one that people could vote on, I wanted to do. So mine's a single highlight of the year. Okay. Um, and mine would be uh, Courtney. you could just
0: call that highlight of the year,
1: yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know why we need the word single.
1: Um, you know, someday, yeah, uh, mine would be divorce of the year, actually. <laughs> um. <clears throat> <Divorce clears throat> What's the divorce
0: of the year?
1: Yeah, divorce of the year. Um, no, yeah, so my and mine's Courtney vandersloots game winner, uh, against my links, which was heartbreaking, but. It was such a good game, and there's oh, so you already much...
0: got you already got a winner.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I picked I didn't a winner. I didn't winner.
0: I picked a category. and picked a winner.
1: That, that's okay. I I went for it. Um, yeah. So mine's mine's Courtney VanderSloot. Uh, that that was just like, I mean, it's just good press for the league. You know, talk. You know, we we talk about the negative parts of the league, but it's so fun and it's growing for a reason. And plays like that, are why?
0: I love that. I actually think that's a great idea uh for Cheers. me you're welcome <laughs> i uh I'm, I'm borrowing this from uh drag race so okay all oh our, my god uh, all of the listeners who also watch rupaul's drag race
1: huge crossover
0: i, I want a miss congeniality
1: oh i like that i yes. want a
0: miss congeniality or just you know i mean we don't have to preface it with miss but i like i like it i've yeah. talked before uh, on the podcast about how i just kind of like like leaning into, things that are a bit girly with the league like let's just own that it's like you know very female focused and and even like very queer focused like let's just lean into it let's have a miscongeniality. i think the fans could also vote on it but also maybe the players vote on it i actually think it may because you know how uh, on drag race right they used to have the fans vote on it but then they voted in season nine valentina and Valentina was not congenial, which Aja really made a point to note during the reunion. And then she renamed the word "fan favorite," which was very mm. iconic and just wonderful. Chef's kiss of a moment, right there. Yep. And then the following season, they tried to have fans vote on it again. And then someone hacked into their voting system and gave like I don't know a ridiculous number of votes to the Vixen. Uh, shout out to the Vixen underrated queen, in my opinion, uh, definitely had some controversial moments on season 10, but it's fine. Overall, I do love the Vixen. Uh, and, and, but the Vixen was also like, not the Miss Congeniality of that year either. So then they have to switch it so that the uh, contestants voted for Miss Congeniality. So I do like the idea that the players would vote for who is the most congenial because I, maybe as fans, we don't necessarily know
1: i like it yeah it's always good to give the player so we have so between yeah
0: yeah so between the two of us you have a fan vote you know highlight of the year and then we have uh, a player voted miscongeniality. congeniality
1: can i suggest for your award presented by heidi in the closet
0: <laughs> every year heidi in closet every
1: year <laughs> she'd be good
0: should be great
1: did you five minutes off the top actually
0: there should be a drag laughing? race miss congeniality that gives the WNBA player a congeniality award i right? love that idea wouldn't very that be much. awesome yeah 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 i want more crossover for sure yeah Listen. Listen, there's been a couple like sporty runways in drag race and they're always like i ain't sporty i don't know what i'm doing but i'm trying to work it and you're just like oh my
1: god <laughs> it'll be good rupaul uh RuPaul Empire we we know you're listening so please make it happen
0: yeah yeah World of Wonder shout out World of Wonder the production company that makes but yeah Miss Congeniality that's what I want
1: great let's uh let's do it honestly uh Commissioner Catherine let's make it happen
0: yeah i've had a lot of, i've had some decent ideas this episode i gotta say
1: Damn right.
0: Uh, all right cool well freddie that's the end of another fantastic classic mm-hmm. episode uh thank you everyone for listening uh if you're not following us yet on social media, The Pickup does have social media channels. So if you search uh, The Pickup WNBA Pod, you'll get video clips of every episode and other fun stuff. Shout out to Dan Gallia who's helping us run our socials. So please be sure to check out that. Uh, if you're not following us individually, Freddie, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Well, just before that, I will also say... Um... If you did take the time to vote for us for the uh, Canadian podcast awards. Yes. Thank, um, you. thank you so much. We really do appreciate that. Uh, and it's been, it's been fun being nominated. Um, and uh, yeah, follow me at Freddie Rivas on Twitter. d i e r i v a s, And uh, Freddie Noel Rivas on Instagram. And my Raptors podcast is Confederacy of Dunks at Dunks podcast. Um, and I'm on Raptors Republic.
0: Uh, you can follow me. At it's me underscore Catherine spelled C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Thank you so much. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Yeah.